gentlemen, we can't say that it was a great week, but it was an informative week, nonetheless, in week six, and we are ready to roll once again in the NFL for picks, for under the weather, for money line parlays, and we're probably going to follow the narrative this week since it has been so good to us this year. Uh, welcome to the week seven edition of the Sunday card here on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts on Sports Country Radio. That's Sports Country Radio at sportscountry.net. Dan Zampano here with you, my partner in crime, the professional, Sir Matthew Icicles, Matty C, Matty C, Matt Selbreth is here in the flesh. Matty, how are you, my friend? I'm doing okay, Dan. Doing okay after just a we call that a bloody Sunday, I guess, for, yeah, I for, think, for those yeah, in the biz. That wasn't so good for, for the show here this past week. I think you could go a little Steve Bono there, a little Bono there. I like that, you know. I mean, no problem with that. But, man, it was, yeah, it was it was not fun. It was not fun just kind of grinding it out that, especially the way we had to grind it out with the fact that basically the Patriots was the thing that was going to carry it the day or not. And it yeah. just at the end of that game was – so so brutal yeah not getting the cover out of that one at least when it went to overtime as soon as you have overtime and like said we had number of three and a half you're just praying for that field goal and um yeah cd lamb breaks loose down the field and man that was just a horrible nutty game the the best game of the four o'clocks because and really one of the better games of the weekend because it was just a lot of a lot of snoozers the one o'clock window the only game that was interesting was the overtime minnesota carolina game and then and then really that Dallas New England game. So uh, as you said, grinding, you know, mo- that was the only really grind that I had all day. The one win that I had with Baltimore was a cakewalk and everything else was over before it started. Uh, yeah, no, that was nice to have a cakewalk with Baltimore, wasn't it? But we'll get into it in a second. Before we do that, I want to say hello to our esteemed producer, Lemon Pepper Lou Paracone. He is here. He's in the flesh. I told him that he could probably fry an egg on his newly freshly shaved face he looks fantastic Lou how are you my friend the narrative wins again the narrative wins again and you just had me thinking I'm sitting here I'm looking at the lines for this week I gotta figure out a narrative game of the week by the end of the show not prepared I gotta do it I gotta I gotta look in the old uh, eight ball you you are so prepared for the show that you forget (laughs) your own preparation that we're gonna ask you it's literally the best bet that you could take right now uh the last couple of weeks so uh Lewis nailing the Raiders easy against Denver. Fantastic, Lou. Very, very good. Uh, By the way, congratulations to your New York Knicks double overtime win on the opening night against the Boston Celtics. Is is Julius Randle not just a monster? I mean, he's unbelievable. Don't you love to watch him play? Don't you love to watch watch the Knicks? When they're good, basketball is at its finest. That's what we need. I'm sick of watching. Yeah. The man said to give him his respect. Give Julius Randle his respect. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I'm sick of having Boston dominate the Northeast and like Brooklyn and nobody wants to root for them. So it's like, you know, the Knicks being good and Madison Square Garden being good. I can root for that. I can root for that all day. I love it. I'm ready to roll. He's ready to roll. Basketball season is in. Basketball season is in. Uh, Let's get to uh, just a review of Sunday. Maddie, I'm going to ask you about you. Uh, your number one overall pick was my number three overall pick, the Cleveland Browns. Um, we are watching them play right now with a, half a team, basically half an offense. 
uh, dominate your Denver Broncos, which is not great, but uh, for you, but again, just a real, just stunning, stunning uh, loss at home again with the Cardinals coming in. No coach, no Chandler Jones, no Zach Allen. Hopkins is a late add-on addition there to play, and the Browns just never showed up. Does that game say more about the Browns, or does it say more about the Cardinals? Look, all I know is in that game was that we needed more wind. Uh, I I was told <laughs> twenty to twenty-five miles an hour, and uh, you couldn't you couldn't blow a paper cup off a table uh, in Cleveland that day. So. Definitely needed some more wind. Uh, the Browns, it's starting to get to a point now. Again, like we said, they got credit for hanging in with um, Kansas City week one. They got credit for the shootout that they had with the Chargers. Now is it, can they just not beat good teams? Are they just a middle-of-the-road team that could beat the bad teams and not beat the good teams? So mm. Browns really got to, you know, take care of business in Denver. We'll see. Maybe we'll by, by the end of the show, we'll know a little bit more. But uh they definitely got to get a, a key win under their notch. One of these, maybe one of these divisional opponents coming up, uh, get a nice victory over them uh, to make them feel a little more legit. Yeah. It, I mean, I don't think they haven't played Baltimore this year, if I recall. Nope. So, I mean, they, they still have that in, in their belt. And um, Pittsburgh and Cincinnati are obviously still rocking and rolling. This is a really good division all of a sudden. Uh, right. We thought it might be. We thought that Cincinnati and Pittsburgh wouldn't be as hot, but – we thought that Cleveland and Baltimore would be, but it turns out all three. You have Baltimore, easy. That was an easy, easy victory oh. on Sunday against the Chargers. I mean, such a good matchup for Baltimore. Yeah, one of those ones where the matchup just worked, and it was it was great. They, they did a good job of confusing Herbert early. He was kind of lost the first half. He's got it going eventually. Um, but that one felt really good from the start because exactly what we were hoping to happen with the run game and everything uh, worked from the jump. Yeah, I don't want to talk about the Houston game. I think that was a dummy pick by both of us. Just just a dummy we, pick. Ugh. We got trapped. I think we got trapped. We got caught in a trap. Just just a stupid on the road. Like they were they're not a good team. <laughs> they're just not a good team. And and that was Indianapolis was so due for a game like that. You know, like they needed that. Uh, but the games we will talk about, I do want to bring up for you with a couple of these. The Bears coming oh so close, but uh since they have a new owner, um you know, it's kind of hard to beat the guy that owns you all the time. You know, I don't. Did anybody go to work uh, in Chicago on Monday? I would. I would have had to call in sick. I, there's no <laughs> way I would have been so da- down so bad when. Because how do you how do you combat it? You just have to sit there and go, yes, yes, Aaron Rodgers, you are my daddy, you are my owner, and I, there's nothing we could do about it. It's been happening for years. Oh, they're like it's like it's like Pedro Martinez, except you guys never beat the Yankees like it, it never happens like uh the Bears are such a laughing stock right now especially against obviously Green Bay but the Bears actually competed in that game originally I mean it was 14-10 at one point they just couldn't find any points in the second half Green Bay starting to turn it on a little bit here uh, I like the additions they've made in the free eight or the trade market getting Jalen Smith getting Whitney Merciless now from Houston like they're starting to sneaky kind of you know, fix that defense a little bit. Um, but team, speaking of teams that need to fix the defense, obviously the big one uh, that lost the money line parlay, the Patriots. Um, this was the most brutal. I said uh, on Gene's show, uh, Bill Belichick made Ted Cruz look like a hippie with how conservative he was. Like it was just <laughs> disgusting how 
uh, you can't give the ball back in overtime. You just can't do that. It's it's egregious and a uh, lot of coaching mistakes by the Patriots that cost them a game that they should have never been in at all. Yeah, I mean, they were heavily outgained uh, by Dallas on offense that game. And, you know, they, they they made it happen with a couple bounces. I believe they had, you know, a couple fourth down stops when, when Dallas was being aggressive. So um, getting turnovers that way. But, yeah, you got to think that, again, Bill probably should have went for it on that fourth down in overtime. And uh, when will he trust Mac Jones in big pressure spots and not just lean on the defense, which, you know, defense has just been okay. Yeah, and okay against poor teams, bad yeah. against the good teams. I mean, that's like Dallas just ripped them to shreds. Davis Mills ripped them to shreds for crying out loud. So that's a tough one. Um, so one and four for you, but I'll tell you what, I wasn't much better. One and four. Again, had a nice breakfast with Winston Churchill. I'll tell you that. You know, <laughs> we had a nice little, you know, cup of tea and uh, some some crumpets with the Jaguars. <laughs> An incredible, incredible win that I was celebrating like I had won the Super Bowl like an absolute idiot because little did I know that uh, I was going to get my heart broken with Houston. I was going to get my heart broken uh, with Detroit. I mean, I'm probably the only guy in America that bet on Houston and Detroit on Sunday. I'll tell you that. And, and, and that's what I deserve a good cold slap in the face, backhand and forehand. Um, and then obviously Cleveland and Carolina. I mean, that one was so brutal. I mean, they played horrendous and they, I don't know even how they got it to overtime. There was no way they were going to win that game once it got to overtime. Yeah, that was, that was a tough one. And, uh, like I said, start, starting off when you get a win at nine thirty, you usually feel like you're you're riding high for the rest of the day. And man, oh man, that 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 go right down to the toilet. But yeah, oh. we got to start. We got to start separating these these good teams from the bad teams. These who what teams are worth betting on? Which team have a little life in them? And uh, I th- I think we got a little something for that, right? We're gonna yeah. kind of figure out where we're going with these teams, the AFC and NFC. Maddie, you are a connoisseur with the show. Like you just basically run the show now. I mean, it's fantastic you hit the nail on the head. We got to start separating some teams. So what I advised everybody to do was let's tier the AFC and the NFC teams. We'll separate them from AFC and NFC uh, and tier them one through whatever they are, one being the Super Bowl contenders. And then I'm going to let you decide how you want to define your terms. So uh, the way I guess we'll do this, we'll just start with you, Matt. I mean, what did your tiers look like? Let's start with the AFC teams and where they kind of look, because the AFC seems like it's a little bit more of an open race than the NFC. So AFC tiers, Matty Ice. Yeah. So we want, we want to go from top down, obviously we don't, we don't yeah, start sure. leave the, leave the trash at the bottom. So I, I just did a simple four tiers for both, uh, both conferences and, my first tier, as I consider, is, is a Super Bowl contender team that we're pretty much expecting to make the playoffs at this point, whether it be in their division or in the wild card, um, and to be in it, you know, chance to at least make it to the AFC championship game kind of thing. So teams that I have in that are uh, Buffalo, Baltimore, and the Chargers. So no surprise with the three division leaders uh, out of those three divisions. I did not have the division leader of the uh, AFC South in there, but I did still have Kansas City Chiefs in the tier one. Okay. I understand that the defense is bad, but it's just they have had such a tough damn schedule this start of the season. And I 
I just think they're a team that always kind of gets it going. They start getting it, getting it working. And I think Mahomes is going to get back to his basics a little bit with um, not trying to be, he's felt so erratic and everything with the ball. So I, I still hold the chiefs up there and that they're still, still the Super Bowl contenders that they should be. If the chiefs lose to the Titans this week, do we flip those two teams and maybe put the Titans into tier one and get the chiefs out of tier one? Probably should. Will I? Would Probably not. <laughs> Loves that man, the Prince of Darkness. Maddie is Maddie's got a little bit of little bit of love. For the I don't love him. I respect him. He respects him. That's a good way to put it, Maddie. Um he's in my division for crying out loud. I don't love him. <laughs> Did you have a um couple of tiers for tier three and four? What team well, we, haven't, we haven't gotten to tier two yet? Dan. Oh, tier two. I'm sorry. I'm then I'm skipping over. I'm doing I'm doing too fast. Go ahead, tier two. All right, AFC tier two. I have uh these are who we expect to be playoff bound, who are definitely, you know, favorites in the wild card in their divisions are not favorites, but you know, favorites in the wild card and Super Bowl hopefuls. If everything goes well for them, maybe some moves, some additions, uh, some injuries to some other teams. And in there we have the Vegas Raiders, hmm. Tennessee Titans. We won't bury that one. Uh, the Cleveland Browns, who we don't know if they could be good teams. The Cincinnati Bengals. And the Indianapolis Colts because oh, the Colts, I'm getting up, Dan. I'm getting roped in. I couldn't <laughs> put them in tier three. I'm getting pulled back into like where we were preseason because they beat Davis Mills. I that the one's Dolphins. probably wrong. That one's probably wrong, but I felt so it just didn't feel right putting him in tier three. I don't know. Oh boy, that it, is a, that is a that is a very, very bold, bold choice for tier for tier two. Uh, tier three is playoff hopeful, like in the hunt. So, okay. you know, they're going to be in that graphic. They're going to be, they're going to be in the bottom of the wild card and, and they only need three other teams to lose and <laughs> them to win their final four games for them to make the playoffs. And that would be mine and your team, the Denver Broncos and the new England Patriots okay. and the Pittsburgh Steelers in that, in that tier. That's the last of that. And then tier four for me is just pack it in for the season. We got Jets, Dolphins, Jacksonville, and Texans. Love it. See you next year. Yeah, we'll see it. See you at the draft. Um, For me, uh, I think we differ in a couple of different spots here. So for me, uh, AFC tiers tier one is Super Bowl contenders. That's what it is. These are guaranteed locks for the, not necessarily for division, but I'm starting to think it probably is a locks for division and, and going to fight for the Super Bowl. I had Buffalo. I still think they're the best team in football right now. Uh, the Ravens, obviously. And you know what? As as maybe as fluky as that game was on Monday night, I'm throwing the Titans in now because mm. I I think the Titans are in that tier one because, A, they're going to run away with their division. Nobody's going to touch them. I, I do not believe in the Colts as much as you do. I'm, I'm not back on that train. Um, and then, you know, this team is two years removed from an AFC title uh, appearance. Like, it's not like they haven't done this before. They're going to fight it out, duke it out. They have the same mentality as the Ravens do. Uh, tough physical brand of football, running the football. Uh, this is this is what they're going to do. I think the Titans are a very dangerous team if they get into the playoffs. So I do have them in tier one, and they're pretty much guaranteed lock stock of a home game um, in the playoffs. So I would have those teams in tier one. Uh, before I get your reaction, I do want to get tier two real quick. My tier two, Chargers. I would put the Chargers in there. I don't know. I'm, you know, I know they beat the Chiefs and all this different stuff. I don't know, and the Browns. I don't know if they're ready to take that step yet. 
I'm not sure. They're still young. Like I didn't want to, I, I want to pull them back a little bit, but they're still in tier two. And I still think they're the best team in the AFC West. I have them in tier two with the chiefs because I, you know, you can't win. I'm sorry. Like you can't win Super Bowls with a defense like that, that, that defense is horrendous. I have like top bottom three defense in the league. I mean, they're horrendous. Uh, Cleveland is in tier two, but they're starting to move towards tier three because of the injury factor and, and you just don't know what's going on there. So they, they just need to weather the storm a little bit and they'll be good in the second half. And the Raiders, I think the Raiders have found defense uh, a little bit underneath Gus Bradley and have had addition by subtraction with John Gruden leaving. So Raiders, Chiefs, Browns, Chargers in tier two. Yeah, I mean, so the way I see that is we still have the top half of the league is the top half of, or it's the top half of the conference at the top half of the conference, right? I'm trying to think all the teams, you just had them mixed a little bit between there. So that's definitely your take. I mean, like I said, I had a hard time, well, in minus Indianapolis. I think you have Indianapolis, obviously, in tier three. But yeah, I mean, that's just all our own personal takes. Again, I, I know I'm probably too high in Kansas City. Uh, I don't think I'm too high in the Chargers. That one is definitely shocking to me that you don't believe that they are conference championship like favorites at this point you know not or not, not favorites but legitimate chance to get to the AFC championship game oh definitely a chance to get to the AFC championship but I, I put tier one as Super Bowl contenders and I'm not Fair. sure I'm not sure like to me tier two I actually have five tiers not four but uh tier two to me was playoff teams that are Super Bowl hopefuls that's what I would put that as tier two so those four teams mixed in there. My third tier, my third tier is my in the hunt teams. which is my favorite graphic of all time. I mean, in the hunt is fantastic. Bengals, Broncos, Steelers. Broncos, again, are starting to move out of that. If they lose tonight, it's starting to look really bleak. But yeah. Bengals look really, really good. Um, obviously, with their offense, can they keep it up is my question. These are teams that are about to maybe sneak into the playoffs. Steelers, I mean, say what you want. Say what you want. They are ho-hum. Just whistle while we work. Put our heads down and go to work and win football games. And I don't care who they play. They win football games. Like, that's that's all they've been doing. So Steelers have been kind of, um, you know, sneaky in terms of them kind of moving up the ranks. The reason why I have five tiers is because my fourth tier is teams on life support. Teams that need to win basically the next few weeks in order to keep their seasons alive. And there's two teams in that category, Patriots, Indianapolis. That, those two teams, like, there's, they, they can't lose. They have to win football games for their season to matter. If you go two and five, two and six, your season's over. I mean, there's just yeah. way too many teams. So those teams are life support teams. And then the fifth tier is the same with you. It's sitting at the draft, Dolphins, Jets, Jags, and Texans for the AFC. Okay. So I don't think we're too far off on that. Outside of, you know, maybe we got a little different opinions on a couple of the teams towards the top is uh, mainly the Chargers and the Chiefs. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I think the Chargers, I think people are darling them. I want to pull them For back. Sure. First, first year head coach. The, the quarterback is still young. Like, let's see. They got to play defense, too. Let's go to the NFC. Uh, I'm going to start with this one because, honestly, this is the most top-heavy conference. I, I don't think that anybody outside of the first tier is going to sniff a Super Bowl in my opinion, um, because I have five teams in tier one. Um, tier one, I, I just think all five of these teams are capable of getting there. Tampa, Dallas, Arizona, the Rams, Green Bay. Those right there off the bat in tier one. 
I want to actually hear your tier one after this, just because, you know, I want to see if we agree on that same precedent, or maybe you have a team that I don't. No, I have, I have four teams. So I have one less team and that team that would be out. It's all four of the same uh, that you have minus Arizona. I just, I have Arizona in my tier two still just think that they maybe haven't had the best six wins. You know, it's again, it feels maybe like the same thing as the Pittsburgh Steelers last year. I don't know if it's just because they are the undefeated team. That's not natural that we want to like root against them. Say they're not as good as they are, but they got six wins under their belt. So I, that one was a tough one for me. I just don't know how, how well their defense holds up for, for season long. That's totally fair. That's totally fair. Can they take it into the second half last year? They died in the second half after that right. Buffalo miracle hail Mary win. Uh, where they just they, they absolutely skidded down the stretch. My number two, and again, these are su- these are playoff teams slash Super Bowl hopefuls kind of thing, you know, to actually, you know what, not in the NFC. In the NFC, this number two is like teams on the fringe. This is really my kind of in the hunt right here with number two. Same, same. I feel like this is this is hopeful to get out of wildcard weekend teams. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good way of putting it. Um, and that one I have, and all these teams are the same to me. New Orleans, Carolina, Minnesota, Chicago, San Francisco, I have in tier two. And I don't know if you agree with that, but uh, I just think the Saints are on the up and up quietly. Again, whistle while we work. Panthers on the way down low. They need to win in the most desperate way. I mean, their offense has been horrendous the last three weeks and don't look now your pretenders, Minnesota, they're starting to, you know, they're starting to actually get a little bit of the rowing motion going here with the Vikings. I kind of, I kind of starting to feel it again with Minnesota a little bit, Chicago. We'll see. I mean, I don't expect them to, but you know, they are three and three and then San Francisco, I think just get healthy, get Jimmy G back and they can do it. I love Shanahan. Minnesota is to you as Indianapolis is to me. Okay. Uh, so I, that's the way I see that one. <laughs> My tier two is uh, I do have San Francisco up here. Cause I agree. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, New Orleans, Arizona, uh, Carolina was Carolina in your tier yep, two. They were in my tier two tier two. Uh, I don't have Minnesota or Chicago. And this, I have a team that you left out and I have the Seattle Seahawks. I think as soon as Russell okay. Wilson is back, this team is right back in it. And, and that I have no doubt that they make the playoff playoffs. It's tough division, granted, because, I mean, only three out of those four really good teams are going to make it as I'm sitting there saying that, you know, Arizona, Rams, San Fran, they can't all make it. So, or actually, they can all make it. Well, they can now, but, I mean, now they will can. Seattle survive this? That's my question. Like, can they survive this long without Russ? And, and I think I think Russ will be back very fast. I think he's going to be back in the on the field as soon as he can feel the end of that finger. That's <laughs> probably true. They'll probably – you know, do whatever they can to expedite it, put that thing in a cryo chamber or glove or something like that. I don't really know. But uh, my tier three is, again, life support teams, and that's Seattle. They can't, they, they can't, they have to weather the storm. Like, if they if they don't win a game in these four games that they're probably going to miss him, like, it's going to be trouble. There's just no hopping all those other teams. There's 10 other teams that are going to be fighting for this. So, you know, to me, and I actually put Philadelphia in this category as well. I There's something about Philly that's like, if they can just figure a little bit out and figure out their offense, I feel like they could just get hot and go on a, a little bit of a run and maybe make a push for a playoff spot. What's going to hold them back is, yeah, well, probably Jalen Hurts, but Nick Sirianni. Yeah, Sirianni. I, yeah. I, I don't think Sirianni's got it in him to, to make the playoffs, but it probably will be Jalen Hurts too. 
So my, my in the hunt tier three teams are, and these are other, like this, these are the, again, the teams that are going to be in the hunt at the bottom of the graphic. And I really don't see them making it over any of these other teams we've already listed. Uh, and that would be Minnesota, Chicago, two teams I left out of tier two that you had, uh, the Washington football team and mm. the Atlanta Falcons. I oh still think gosh. what the Atlanta Jeez. Falcons have done on offense. <laughs> This is like heroin for you. I mean, it's literally the Falcons. You just can't quit them. Like you just can't do it. Matty Ice and you, it's like, you can't quit them. That offense the past few weeks, Arthur Smith has got Matt Ryan has to learn a new system. He goes through a new offensive coordinator every six months. So he has to learn everything from scratch again. And him and Arthur Smith, just wait at them coming out of this bye week. They're not in the show, but I'm very interested to see what they do again. Bad opponent in Miami coming up this week, so not necessarily a good litmus test, but I don't know. Yeah, I can't quit him. <laughs> I guess I just can't quit him. Their offense looks good. This Matt Ryan's sh- getting better again. This guy's got the shakes. Just Cord- Cordero <laughs> Patterson. Cordero Patterson <laughs> turned turned it all around for the Falcons in 2021. To C Flash P getting it done. I love it. Uh, my four is uh, C at the draft, which is Giants, Washington Football Team, and the Falcons. Um, and my fifth tier, I made a special tier for the Lions because they're the Lions. I just call it the Lions tier, so that's my fifth tier. <laughs> Great, yeah, yeah. <laughs> see, see you next. See you next year for me is Philly Giants and Detroit. Okay, very good. I like that. So that's that's that's. There's some parity here. Some disagreements. Minnesota and Indianapolis probably go on get to the wild card and go on a run and meet each other in the Super Bowl. That's basically what we're yeah, saying here, for sure. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Okay, Maddie, it is time. It's time to get into the picks for this week. One and four for both of us. Not very good. Moneyline parlay didn't hit, but half the under the weather hit. I got one of the two. So I am going to choose. Uh, I am going to take the first one. I'm going to take the first one. Okay. Number five. Oh, I didn't tell you. I didn't tell you or the audience. I decided this week that I was going to finally do a model. We are doing a little betting model this week. I have calculated. I have crunched the numbers in the most unscientific way possible. (laughs) (laughs) And we are going to go based on my numbers this week. Now, I don't care how much science or do you have a spreadsheet? Uh, Yes, oh, I do. I'm sold. All right, go oh, ahead. Okay. I was like Danny, Danny Excel files. It, it, it is. It is certainly um, again unscientific, but I call it the extreme ends model. That's what I call it based okay. on. So here we go. And my extreme ends model. It's cr- model crunching the numbers, crunching the numbers. And at number five, they told me to take the San Francisco 49ers on mm. Sunday Night Football. Interestingly enough. San Francisco is a four-point favorite on Sunday Night Football. They are at home. They are playing the Indianapolis Colts. And again, Maddie, this is why, I mean, the Colts, to me, I, I am low on the Colts. So I was very happy to take this. But my numbers said that this game should be San Francisco minus seven. That's what it wow. said it should be. So it's very, very interesting to me. I tried to, you know, calculate this as best I could. But here's why I actually really like this. And it actually jumped out at me in the beginning. Jimmy G is back. It sounds like he's on track to start. Trey Lance still hurt, not practicing. So it sounds like San Francisco coming off the bye 
Uh, sounds like a really good promising play for him. Trent Williams, we're not sure if he's going to play along with Javon Kinlaw, but San Francisco is relatively healthy now. Here's the difference between San Francisco and um, the Colts. I like San Francisco 49ers because of their red zone offense. They are 91% in the red zone. They have scored a touchdown on every single trip to the red zone this year, except for one. It has been incredible. They are second in the league in red zone scoring. Indianapolis is 31st in the league in scoring. And Indianapolis, by the way, more injuries on the front here. They get Quentin Nelson back, big-time offensive line, but then they go out and they lose T.Y. Hilton uh, after he comes back for one week. It's not clear if he's going to play in this game on Sunday night. And then Julian Blackman in the secondary. That is a big loss for them. One of their better safeties out for the season now. Uh, so that is a really bad loss. Here's the other thing. Indianapolis's defense, horrendous against the pass. Uh, not much better against the run, but against the pass, I can see Jimmy uh, utilizing Debo and utilizing Brandon Cook, Brandon Ayuk uh, in this game. Indianapolis defense, 30th in completion percentage, 28th in opponent's yards per attempt, 30th in opponent's passer rating, um, which, by the way, um, no, 30th in opponent's passer rating, I just like San Francisco in this spot at home, get right game. Shanahan, nobody does better with less than him. I like the 49ers minus four. I like that pick too. I mean, how do you not take if you're the numbers show that you've got three, three points of value. I mean, that's, that's definitely shows for sure. Um, and yeah, I, I agree with the spot. Like we were just saying, you know, Indianapolis, couple of wins against lesser opponents um, and, and they're kind of, they're kind of rolling now in Indianapolis too. This is, this is just a note I have on this game. Four and two against the spread in Indianapolis, which just seems crazy to yeah. me. Obviously, they covered that that nutty one on, uh, with Baltimore on that Monday night game, um, the two wins, and then um, I'm not even sure where they covered the other game. But in San Francisco, just one and four. So, and again, one of those games, Aaron Rodgers stabs everybody in the heart at the end of that one with mm -hmm. uh, at, at the very end of that game. They had a chance to beat Arizona. They just could not convert one of the five fourth downs that they tried to do, um, or else they could have easily won and covered that game. So. Um, I definitely, I like that pick another note for Indianapolis fourth road game in five weeks for them. Oh, last, last week was there. They played three home games prior to last week's home game. So our third, three road games prior to last week's home game. Um, and now they're on the road again here going to the West coast. So I like the pick. I like what this, I like where the system's starting. I like where we're getting so, off, getting off the, off the hop with this. The, the, the science is, is yearning by the way, it'll come up later, but the weather is very, very shaky in Santa Clara, California on Sunday night. It is going to be kind of a mess. So um, we'll, we'll hint, hint to that, hint to that later on. Um, number five, Maddie. There must be an earthquake incoming, but um, <laughs> for me, that, that last trend, there's a reason I had those notes down about those teams against the spread, because that might be a little bit of my theme this week, as far as I was on it last week, correcting those teams against the spread, but I might've been a week early and I can't get away from our systems and our principles, Dan, we can't oh. overreact too much. So here we are going to take the Kansas City Chiefs minus five and a half Ooh. on the road against Tennessee. Tennessee won that that barn burner of a game against Buffalo on Monday night, but they won it by the skin of their teeth, and they won it by the length of Derrick Henry's dread. That's that's what they won that game by because it's all Derrick Henry right now for this team. Their defense still is just absolutely horrible. They, they have no cornerbacks to go up against this Kansas City team. I don't know how Patrick Mahomes is not going to throw for about 400, 450 yards in this game uh, against Tennessee. 
Yes, the defense hasn't been great, but they get Chris Jones back this week. They're putting Chris Jones back in his rightful spot of defensive tackle. The, the defensive edge rusher experiment for J- Chris Jones went horribly. Uh, he, he was just ineffective there, and they took away one of their best run stoppers. So putting him back on the interior part of this line against Derrick Henry should help at least a little bit. Tennessee also loses Taylor Luan last week. They are down another tackle in uh, Sambrillo. So that offensive line is hurt. They have no cornerbacks left. Uh, Fulton's out. Their number one pick and Caleb Farley is out for the year. I, again, I just don't see how they don't – Kansas City doesn't throw for a lot in this one. And the against the spread records again, Kansas City two and four against the spread, Tennessee four and two. I just think that this is another fade, fade a Monday night win, fade a primetime win with Tennessee. Back to back games against Buffalo and Tennessee, Buffalo and Kansas City is not the easiest schedule that you could ask for. So I will take Kansas City here in hopes that the offense just absolutely runs through them and they can handle Derrick Henry enough to stop in this game. Massive point total. This one, 58 and a half, I believe is what it's at right now which is just nuts. So uh, I hope there's that many points. This game be a, be a fun one to watch. But I don't know I, how I, much I, defense is getting played in that game. I'll tell you that. Now, and try, I mean, I don't like laying five and a half with Kansas City on the road, but getting it under six, I feel a little bit, you know, feel okay about it. He's feeling all right about it. Under six. Uh, I mean, that is, that is tough. It's Kansas City's like Swiss cheese defense against Derrick Henry. But you're right. The cornerback situation, Tennessee, them getting kind of a, call it a, a, a fluky kind of win. I mean, I don't know if it's fluky yet or not, but this is a very telling game because if Kansas City loses this game, I mean, I already have in tier two, but, like, they are in deep trouble if, if they lose this game. I, I, I am serious. Like, that, that is an important game for Kansas City uh, on the road at Tennessee. Uh, yeah, we're we're okay. stepping in a big one with that. It, that is a big one. That, 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 that's a, shall we say, a foxhole, that maybe, I think, something like that. Um, all right, crunch the numbers. Number four, the fourth most uh, widespread spread on this from my numbers to the actual spread is, I love this spread because they tell me it's the New England Patriots minus seven against the Jets. That's, that's exactly what it's telling me. Um, I, there isn't a ton of information I'm going to give to you on this game. I just think this is a get right game for the Patriots. I just think this is like a take all of our angers and frustrations out and just beat the hell out of the jets. I mean, if you have lost four games in a row at home, first time since 93, losing games in overtime, losing games, uh, even winning games close against bad teams. The great medicine for that is, is the team in green. I mean, it's just, that's just what it is. Uh, let me give you some offensive stats for the Patriots or for the uh, jets here. 32nd completion percentage, 32nd in pass rating uh, as a quarterback with Zach Wilson. They are tied for 29th in sacks allowed. They are just getting hammered up front. 30th in yards per carry, the Patriots defense. 7th in completion percentage uh, defensively. 9th in defensive passer rating, tied for 5th in yards per carry given up. I mean, this just the, the matchup is here. The Patriots uh obviously upset about that game I, and look we've already seen this game with the four interceptions and all that stuff you know um i just think this is one of those games where the patriots just lay wood and win it comfortably by 12 to 15 points my numbers uh this was a little i was surprised at how big this number was but my numbers have this more around the 11 region mm. so like that is a big spread um so i'm going to take the patriots uh minus seven here maddie 
this was such a tough one for me. You know, I'm looking at this and I'm trying, trying to talk myself into taking the Jets because I just think again, you have this much of a point spread difference uh, from from earlier this season. Obviously, the, the four interceptions, uh, Zach Wilson's ghost game um, for the Jets, but something about them coming off the bye. I'm trying to talk myself into that, but I just don't see it. I mean, them walking into Foxborough, having the Patriots go down to again two and five. Man, I have a hard time seeing that. Like you said, I think it's I think it's backs against the wall right now for for Belichick and the Patriots, and they are gonna they just got to come out swinging. Whole wax week this week. It's Jets week. We don't like the Jets. Uh, sorry, Lewis. <laughs> I have to take it. It's okay. It's all right. Just don't lose to the Jets though, because if you lose to the Jets, you're gonna hear it from me. So you know, no, I, <laughs> I don't, don't count. I don't on think. It, yeah, I don't think I can come on the show next week if we lose to the Jets. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Like that's, that would be horrendous. Maddie, number four. Number four. Oh man. I mean, if I said I was stepping in a big one with the last one, I'm just, I'm stepping in the same big pile of crap over and over and over again. Give me the Washington football team plus eight points against the green Bay Packers. Lou, I need a little, can you give me, can you give me the, the Jesse Pinkman, uh, you can't keep getting away with it. He can't keep getting away with it. He won't. Aaron Rodgers just can't keep getting away with this. I mean, Ugh. they have been. I'm o two in one now against Aaron Rodgers. Uh, that Bengals push and the money line loss was maybe the worst of all. But I mentioned San Fran earlier. There was a reason it was on top of my mind. Uh, I, I lost with him uh, another week. Oh, the Bears last week, clearly, which is, again, one that they should – I mean, the Bears were right in that, and they should have mm-hmm. at least covered that four and a half. That should have been a three-point game. But he is the Bears' daddy, so naturally he is going to win that game outright every time and cover the spread. Washington's – you know, nobody wants to be on Washington now. Washington's been getting faded against, faded against, faded against for a long time, and I just think maybe now at this point we might have overcorrected at least that's what I'm hoping. Uh, this is another one that goes as far as the against the spreads. Green Bay, five and one against the spread. Washington, one and five. Um, this is another great nugget that we get from the Action Network. Shut these guys out all the time. Um, teams uh, that are covering at less than 30% uh, versus teams that are covering at a 50% mark or better from week six and on are hitting at a 71% clip, 108 wins, 45 losses, and six pushes. So I, this is one of those things I just think that maybe gets right. Green Bay also has an early game next week, Thursday night against Arizona. Arizona yep. Could be a look ahead spot for them with a week one. I hate going against Aaron Rodgers and Lambeau. Rodgers and Lambeau, 57 and 27 in his lifetime. I, I absolutely hate it. But Washington is getting healthy. Like they had a lot of people on the, on the report. McLaurin, Gibson, Ricky Seals, Jones, all practice. We're still waiting to hear a little bit more about Curtis Samuel. Um, I actually did not see if he practiced today, but I, I just think that Washington, eventually their pressure is going to get there. That front seven is still got great. You know, they beat up on bad offensive lines last year and green Bay's offensive line. Isn't great. They're kind of just league average at, at towards the bottom of league average against run blocking for run blocking and plat, pass blocking. So I just think that this could be a game where maybe chase young finally comes out and has two, three big sacks. You know, again, they don't have any, they don't have Bakhtiari up there on the left tackle. So if this is a week that Washington can maybe just get home a little bit, I don't think Heineke should have too big of a problem moving this ball against this defense. Nobody really has. They haven't blown anybody out outside of 
the Lions, which was Jared Goff just dropping the ball a couple times in the second half. So give me the football team plus eight. This is a just praying for a backdoor, just a meaningless backdoor cover in this game. Well, Maddie, uh, I have some good news. My system agrees with you. Hey. Hey. And my system not only melds with my mind, but melds with yours. Because the Washington football team is the third best one on our list for the, for the system. I had this game in my numbers, Green Bay minus four. So I took the Washington football team at plus nine early in the week, uh, down to plus eight now. So that's very, very good for us. Uh, a couple of more tidbits that you were getting into with some of those deep dive stats. How about teams allowing 28 points in five straight games? That's mm. what Washington football team has done. Those teams are 21 and 12 ATS in the following game, 64%. How about when that underdog that's playing a five and one ATS team um, has less than a 20% coverage rate? They are 26, eight and one against the spread, 77%. Mm. System play from me, system play from the guys at the Action Network. Beautiful work by them. How about this one? Washington football team, pretty good at defending wide receiver ones, 11th in the league against wide receiver ones. And we all know that is a big thing when it comes to the Green Bay Packers because Devontae Adams, you take him away, uh, hopefully in some way at least limit him. Uh, I think that they could definitely keep this game close. They're also tied for eighth in opponent's yards per carry, so they've been really good. The D-line actually has been good against the run. Not so great in the pass rush game. Their secondary has been freaking brutal, though. And mm. third down. Third down, I mean, holy crap. I mean, they're terrible on third down. Washington, worst team in the league in third down defense. They need, need to get this team uh, into third and longs. I mean, they just have to and get off the field uh, if they're going to survive this. I do think Heineke can move the football in this game. I know that Terry McLaurin is also a little bit banged up. Gibson looks like he's probably going to play. Um I just think, again, like you're right, eventually the, the cards have to fall in our favor with Aaron Rodgers. So we're going to bet against them. I mean, if I keep picking this against the same team, like, you know, 50% of the time I'll be right. Maybe I'm looking for about 25% of the time I'm going to be right at this point. So if I can get one win out of this four weeks and I'm picking against freaking Aaron Rodgers, then I'll be all right. And then I could maybe just be off of this, but who knows? Uh, he, he is just – in, in my craw right now, Aaron Rodgers is just like, just absolutely uh, just giving me headaches, just giving me agita. We need to roll a seven. That's what we need to do. We yes. just need to roll a seven on this one. Yo for the dealer. Uh, number three, Maddie. Uh, number three. Oh, man. I, I don't know if you tiptoed around it. There's some, we haven't even mentioned, there are some big lines this week. There are some Huge. big, big lines, some, some ugly dogs that you want to take. And this is just a dog. I, I'm hoping that I'm going to be proud of myself for not falling into this one. I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers laying 12 and a half against the Chicago Bears. The only thing the Chicago Bears have been able to do on offense for the past couple of weeks is run the football. They've been able to run the football. Justin Fields has not been winning them these games. He has been playing them out of these games, if anything. And you know who's really, really freaking good? Like historically, NFL history good at stopping the run? It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They have allowed the fewest rushing yards in the past 20 years in the first six games of an NFL season. They are the lowest in the past 20 seasons through six games. I just think they're going to get pressure on fields. They can get pressure without blitzing, but they blitz a ton. Fields against the blitz, 39% completion percentage. That is terrible. 
And the Bucks blitz at the second highest rate in the league on 37% of plays. I, I just do not see where the Bears get any sort of offense going here. The only way that teams have been able to compete with the Bucks is by moving the ball in the secondary that's banged up. And I just don't think that's something they're possible. Aaron Allen Robinson is a shell of his former self. So they're basically relying on Cole Komet and Darnell Mooney to take apart this team. I think as bad as they are, they can handle guys like that. They can double, you know, they can they can take the top off, you know, away from Mooney and that those deep shots that he wants to hit. They'll be able to stop the run plenty fine. And Brady right now is just rolling. I know that uh, there's a chance that Antonio Brown's banged up. They're without Gronk again, but I just, that offense is just cruising right now. Bears on the road is something I hate as well. So I'm going to lay under two touchdowns for Tampa Bay. I think, I honestly thought this line should have been more in the range of the uh, the Rams uh, Lions line of up to about 15 and a half, 16. So uh, I, I'm happy to kind of have it under two touchdowns here and just hope that the, the Bears might just not even show up for this game. Yeah, I actually had this in my leans category, Tampa Bay minus 12. I, I really like that. It's at 12 and a half, I think now, but yeah. I took it at minus 12. I completely agree with you. How many points the Bears scoring in this game if they can't run the football? I mean, like, really? 10? Like, t- yeah, t- I, I would like, cap them. I'd cap them at 17. And I, I think was, the Bucks are putting up at least 30. I was looking everywhere on the internet for their team total. I just I couldn't find it. I, I don't I mm. don't know what it is, but I, it can't be more than 13. I mean, it would be. And if I don't think the Bucks are going to score 27, 28 points in this game, like absolutely. I had my numbers run on this. My numbers had this 14 uh, for Tampa Bay. So this was this was a, a, a one that I was very, very close to putting in my top five. But I did take the Bucks early in the week at minus 12. I completely agree with you. I don't know how Chicago scores at all in this game. So uh, I, I love that pick, Matt. I absolutely. Brady's on pace for like 6,000 yards. It's like ridiculous what this guy's doing. Yeah. So, so what I, what I'm team total should be basically, you know, this, the, this total spread points my, or the spread minus the, uh, and the over under. So over under is 47 split that in half, you get 23 and a half and move it 12 and a half points the other way. So you're basically looking at 11 points scored uh, for the bears <laughs> is what they'd be projecting. So I, I just, yeah. I mean, give me the, I'll, I'll take the Bucks. Take, take it's, the, it's an ugly big one. And I, I feel like I don't want to be turned into Joe public over these past two weeks. Cause all yeah. the favorites are winning. This is these, they've been tempting me all over the place, but I just want the bears. That good. This is not the one, this is not the Joe public one. I don't think, I mean, obviously it's going to be a big line, but you know, I'll take that under 11 on the team total. If I can find it anywhere. I mean, I'll do that. Uh, absolutely. I love that. Um, number two. Cool. Okay. So these top two, I will tell you something about my system. My system looks at the extreme ends of things. So when it has the extreme ends, this, these top two games were just completely off from the spread. I'm just going to let you know right now, but because they were off from the spread, I feel like even if I'm 30% correct in my estimation that we should be taking the side and the side, this says, Take the Cincinnati Bengals plus six and a half. That's what it says for number two. I love, love. And you know what's so funny about this? Monday morning, I immediately grabbed the Baltimore Ravens. History is on their side. They consistently dominate the Bengals every time they play them, especially at home. Nobody is better ATS in the league against divisional opponents than the Baltimore Ravens. They are five and one ATS in the last year against divisional opponents. But I kind of dug in a little bit deeper. 
And this is what I found. The Bengals are actually four and three ATS against divisional opponents. Obviously the Ravens have had their number, but the Ravens are susceptible to the big play. They are tied for 26th in the league in plays of more than 20 yards. They've given up 24 yards, uh, 24 yards, 24 plays of 20 yards or more. Um, and that's what the Bengals want to do. I mean, the Bengals want to push it down the field. What do the Ravens want to do? They want to run the football. But here's the thing. The Ravens had a great matchup last week against the L.A. Chargers. Well, this week, Cincinnati has been pretty stout against the run. They are seventh in the league in rushing yards per carry on defense, 3.9. They are also number four in the league in expected points added in run defense. A little analytical stat for you uh, from Football Outsiders. How about this one? Bengals. Better defensively in every category than the Ravens are. Bengals are number five DVOA defense in the league. Don't look now, but the Bengals have found themselves a little stout wall on the defensive side. Trey Hendrickson has been a beast. Uh, Jesse Bates coming up from the safety possession has been a beast. Um, here's the kicker. Can they get to Lamar? Because if they can't get to Lamar, um, and keep him contained in the pocket. The Chargers actually did a pretty good job of this last week, but I had that feeling that was really because of Brandon Staley and his scheme. If they can contain Lamar in some fashion, you just can't let him run. The Bengals can absolutely, absolutely not only cover this spread, they can absolutely win the game. So this is the extreme ends number had Cincinnati as a one point favorite in this game against Baltimore which is a massive number, and I know it's probably way off, but it tells me I have to take Cincinnati in the spot. The time is now for Joey B to take over, plus the injuries to the Ravens. No Latavius Murray, it sounds like. Ronnie Stanley's out for the year. Bradley Bozeman, their starting center, is a little bit banged up. Um, see if he goes. It's right there for the Bengals, and even if they do not win this game, which I actually think I may consider taking them on the money line, um, I just think that they're going to keep this game close and maybe even get a back door. Or, oh, 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 I, I, I parked them up a little bit. I parked them up a little bit with that money line call. So Bengals plus six and a half is the number two pick. This is, this is in my leans. And this is another one. I just feel like to me, this feels exactly like the chargers handed off the torch of the public darling that everybody, you know, and so all of a sudden everybody was in love with the chargers. They lose to the Ravens. And now it's just, Oh well, the rate we've been ignoring the Ravens the whole time. How are we ignoring the Ravens? They're doing, you know, they're 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 going to run through everybody. They're not even going to get stopped. I think this is the week. Now they're humbled. They have been leaning extremely on Lamar. Lamar is you know excelling everywhere. You know, everywhere on the offensive front. So he's running the ball, passing the ball really, really well this season. Um, and I just think that he's going to have to come down to earth a little bit. I mean, he's throwing for 450 yards against the Colts and things like this. So. I think he's been playing a little over his head and that this is a surprising team that people are not expecting to come out with a defensive effort to shock the Ravens. And so that's a big, that's a big disparity though, Dan, I, big. if you got something with this system, I don't know. <laughs> I, that's uh, that's definitely very, very interesting that you have them as a favorite in this game. Yeah. Uh, it was crazy. Yeah, it was I'm crazy when I looked, it was crazy when I looked at it, I'm like, this can't be right. And I did it again. It was right. So I'm like, okay, I'm scientific, but. Bengals on six and a half. There we go. Uh, Maddie, number two. Number two. Uh, this is another team I just feel like I'm getting getting sucked back into all the time. And, oh, but we mentioned it earlier. They should pack it in until next year. But maybe after this week. Maybe after we just get a little cover 
Jeez. We're going to take the Philadelphia Eagles plus three oh, okay. on the road at the Vegas Raiders. Did you think I was taking the Jets there? No, no I thought you were taking Miami Dolphins. No, I God. Was very, I was very nervous. I was like, oh, no, please. No, I, I mean, what's worse, taking the Dolphins or taking the, the Falcons? So, uh, <laughs> I don't know what you want me to do, Dan. I mean, I can only take, I can take one of them. Yes. <laughs> so, um, Philadelphia, finally, I've been, I feel like I've said it for weeks. I kept thinking they were going to get Lane Johnson back. We've learned now he will be back this week. He took some time off to address his mental health and get right. But he said he is back. Um, so, now we, that strengthens up the entire offensive line because Mylotta moves back from – uh, as much as he has already been back, he was playing in the right, you know, the, the, the left tackle position where he's not as comfortable sliding back to right tackle where he's meant to be Lane Johnson back at left tackle. You now have two solid ends of that offensive line um, against the Vegas, the Vegas defensive line, which I think people are still debating if it's very good. Max Crosby again, has had matchups against lesser tackles um, to get to the amount of sacks that he's had this season, which I, he's getting up there. I think he's at eight, nine, 10 sacks, something like that. Max mm-hmm. Crosby. Um, he's really, really having a season, but again, against lesser opponents. So they, you know, uh, Vegas, they get the the juice from the new, who's the interim head coach? I forgot his name. Rich Passaccio, I think his name is something like that. Sure. We'll go with that guy. Uh, <laughs> Rich Passaccio. I, I think that's one of those things. You see that strong effort out of them, especially in a divisional opponent week one, they're going to play for their team. But I just I, I don't know if that's going to carry out from week to week. And I think Philly is just such a tenacious and tough team, really good offensive and defensive lines, uh, which is what we always are, are saying with them. I just think they find a way to win this game. I think this is much more of a coin flip. So getting three points with Philly again, just against two ugly teams who only do a couple things good for each each side. I will take Philly. Uh, I, I Philly doesn't play a ton of man to man defense, which is what Derek Carr loves to throw against. Uh, he has, they've had most of their success against uh, man-to-man, obviously with deep threats, like, uh, like rugs and, and Brian Edwards. Uh, and I just think that they're going to take away again, Derek Carr won't be able to take the top off the defense as much against Philly. I think they'll be trying to keep it all underneath. Uh, and that's going to slow the game down and allow Philly to do the same, which is just run that RPO with Jalen hurts, uh, run the ball a little bit more. Uh, they need to run the ball more this game. They are, they are the number one team at explosive run rate and the, Vegas Raiders are 27th or 28th in the league, bottom of the league, bottom five, uh, an explosive run rate. So if Sirianni can get, get his head out of his ass this week and realize where they have a mismatch and where they have an advantage, I think that they could pull out this win outright. I completely agree with this. I completely agree with this. This was my number five pick all the way up until today, until I redid a number on a game and, and it became my number one pick and I had to slide uh, the Eagles out. But uh, this this game, 100%. I'm 100% on you. I took the Eagles early, plus three with no juice. Uh, I do love I do love the Eagles here. I think, again, you're right. Miles Sanders, get this dude involved in the run game, please. I mean, Sirianni really just needs to get his head out of his keister. He, he really has a problem with doing this. He didn't figure it out to the fourth quarter the other night against Tampa, and all of a sudden, oh, we can actually move the football on this team. Um, when you spread teams out, this is a different offense that Gus Bradley usually sees. So um, get people out in space with speed. I, I think that's a bad recipe for the Raider defense. I agree with you, Matt. I, I love, love, love that pick, Philadelphia. All right, Dave, oh. what's, what's the secret behind the system? What's the secret sauce? Man, so this one – I was also stunned. And, you know, I wasn't stunned. I was thinking about it. I'm like, you know, this makes so much sense. Like, why the heck is this team favored in this game? Like, I didn't understand it. And at first I was very apprehensive because it breaks one of my rules. Like, it breaks 
uh, a rule that I stick with every week. I kind of say it every week. Um, but this was the biggest one. This, this, this was a discrepancy spread. The discrepancy on the spread, you're going to go crazy, was 12 points. Oh, my goodness. So I have to take it. And I don't really even think this team is going to win, but I do kind of wonder why they're favored. You're not going to like this. Tennessee Titans plus five is the number one pick of the week uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs. It was a monster. I could not believe this. And, and again, this is extreme end. So to me, again, if I'm 50% there on this. Uh, I'm okay with taking it. I mean, I, I'm, I'm totally okay with taking it. And honestly, I, today I was like, they're probably not going to win this game, but I kind of looked into it. And, and, and here's where I am. Does Washington really garner? a game, a win over Washington, does that garner the Chiefs to be favorites against the Titans? Um, and, and, and the same amount of favorites that the Bills were on Monday night. So we have the Titans being the same amount of underdogs against a team that just got blown out by the team the Titans just beat. So, you know, to me, that doesn't make any sense. That This one really is, is a head scratcher for me. Why are the Chiefs five-and-a-half, five-point favorites against the Titans when the Bills were five-and-a-half-point favorites against the Titans on the road. Uh, again, Kansas City, if Washington's, you know, team win does it for you, fine. Have at it. Be married. But since 2019, as a road favorite off of a win of five points or more, the Chiefs are two and five against the spread. That's specific. By the way, one of those – was back in 2019 at Tennessee. They were a five and a half point favorite and they lost uh, straight up at Tennessee. So to me, with this defense, it's it just been horrendous. And I get it. Chris Jones coming back, huge, massive. That'll help. There's no question. It'll help in the run game. Do we forget that the Titans have Julio Jones and AJ Brown out there? I mean, like to me, and we're going to go head to head. I think this is our first head to head uh, of the season. I'm pretty sure. So um, the Titans, again, you look at this team in rushing yards per carry Kansas City's defense 31st in the league Tennessee's offense fourth in the league in rushing yards per carry 30th in third down defense is the Chiefs they do not get off the field on third down 45.4 percent conversion rates for teams against the Kansas City Chiefs uh they're 31st in a turnover differential eight interceptions for this prince of darkness that we're not supposed to talk about you know, being bad in six games, he has eight picks, eight. Can somebody like call, you know, somebody down on Times Square and put that on a billboard down there? I mean, seriously, like what is going on here? Uh, Tennessee, really bad on the offensive line this year with sacks. They've given up 20 sacks. Kansas City's last in football. They've gotten seven sacks this year. I looked at it. I thought about it. And I said, Tennessee should be a seven-point favorite, according to my system. I think they should be at least a one- or two-point favorite in this game. I mean, what about Kansas City is telling me from previous games that they should be a favorite on the road against this team? I'm not really sure. So the Tennessee Titans are my number one pick, plus five. Well, you're right. I don't like it because that would be my number five pick on the show, uh, for anybody <laughs> that's already forgotten. But, I mean, I could see I guess this is just a number for me that I saw as – I, I, you know, I'm sure quite sure your, your numbers are all factoring in season long. And I just think what the Chiefs have been able to do the past couple of weeks is, is 
you know, they're changing things up. They're not just sitting out there doing the same exact thing, getting the doors blown off them every week on defense. Like they're making Spagnuolo is making changes on defense and he's making the adjustments. So I'm just hoping that comes at the right time. And I just still, I don't know, man, I have a hard time believing in this Tennessee team. Julio Jones. I don't know if he's gonna be playing. He's dealing with a hammy issue. So I have a feeling he might be sitting out another week. Uh, hopefully AJ Brown is, is not, uh, pooping his pants anymore. Uh, like he was during the, during the Monday night game, doing the Lamar Jackson run to the locker room, but man, uh, and, and for the record, we have gone head to head one other time this season, week one dolphins versus Patriots. So That's right. Oh, I forgot about that. I am one and all the season, uh, in head to head. So this could level the playing field or I could be pulling ahead. I am right now undefeated with the system so i will not question the system <laughs> facts well i wish you were nicer to me dan because i'm going to be nice to you and my number one pick is a pick that again, you also had as number your your number five pick and i'm with you on the san francisco 49ers okay i i, I, I love that jimmy uh jimmy g's back for this team i was surprised with that, that that was announced that this line didn't change at all i i thought that was a that was a shocking thing to me that you know the upgrade from jimmy g to trey lance's as much of a spectacle Trey Lance is and to watch him. And he's going to be a factor, as you mentioned, in the red zone offenses, uh, you know, when he's not the starting quarterback, they bring him in on those special packages and he's even more of a weapon then. But Jimmy gives him a better chance as far as passing the ball throughout the game. Um, they also get a, a key piece and uh, Keewon Williams back, their slot corner, uh, who is just one of the better ones in the league. So he, you know, that was part of the biggest weakness to them was their secondary. So they're getting a slot corner back against this team. Uh, again, going against Indianapolis, that is now without uh, Paris Campbell and possibly without T.Y. Hilton. They are now back to basically just having Michael Pittman in their in their uh, tight ends and running backs. So they're, they're, that's a bad spot for them. Um, and as much as Shanahan off a of buy, you know, Shanahan as a favorite is usually not good. Shanahan off a of buy as a favorite, two and one in his career. So small, very small sample size, mm-hmm. but usually like to give credit uh, to the good coaches coming off of a buy that they have a wrinkle. They've got something, they've fixed something on their team. So I think a week off for San Francisco with that defense, I don't think it's going to be playing the same after this by week. I think they figured out where their weaknesses are and will adjust uh, accordingly. So I, I'm very happy to take San Fran here at uh, minus four. Love it. The, the line actually, um, it opened or not opened, but it was at three and a half sitting there on Tuesday, which is, you know, when we grabbed it and then, uh, now has moved to four and hasn't moved really off that number too much, mm. especially when Jimmy was named. I mean, I don't think he's actually been named the starter yet, but it says, I think it says that he's on track to start rather. So I think people are waiting on that, but I think by Sunday when he's announced that number is going to pop up four and a half, maybe five, again, going through a key number is hard. Um, yeah. but uh, again, that, I love the pick. Love, 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 love the pick as as we like it. So beautiful. San Francisco, Maddie Waves, back in the saddle, West Coast hey. vibes. Absolutely love it. Checking up the checking up the deuces, the uh the old hang loose. The old shaka right there. Love it. Throw it around a little bit. Silicon Valley. You look very Silicon Valley today, I must say. Yeah, I got my best tie-dye shirt on. You know, middle middle of fall, October, but it feels like it's summer out here in Connecticut. So he's a he's a Google employee. All of a sudden, uh, <laughs> uh, leans this week. I mentioned uh, Philadelphia and Tampa Bay. Um, my other one, I only have one other one, New Orleans. I love the Saints at, 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 on Monday night. I think New Orleans at, at Seattle, quietly, the Saints are playing some of the best defense in football. Now they get Geno Smith. 
this is going to be a shocking blowout for the Saints on Monday night. I've been feeling the same way about that one, especially with their defense. Gino going up against the Saints defense has been playing pretty well, but there's something about taking Jameis Winston going on the road in Seattle that just gives me the heebie-jeebies, and I'm sure that's why it looked out of your top five, too. It's like I really can't trust Jameis to go into Seattle. I mean, he's been taking – that's the thing. He's been taking care of the ball this year. So I got – we'll probably be on that by Monday day. I mean, it's, plus, you know, plus, it's the only game on we got to be on it. Plus five turnover differential for the Saints is number three in the league. There you so go. he's not turning the ball over. I had that line. Uh, I had this projected as Saints minus six. Uh, so okay. right around the area, Philly was a pick game with the Raiders. And then Tampa Bay I had at minus 14, as I said. So um, any other leans, though, for you this week? For me, uh, another one of those big lines. This, it, it was debating which big line I was going to take. I would still lay the number with the Rams against the Lions. <laughs> I just don't know you. And that's you told me this one. You you privy me this one. You said the Rams are favorites of about twenty points. Yeah, in your system, eighteen points. Rams. It, I just Matt Stafford against the team against against his old team, who just wasted more than you know seventy five percent of his career. Jared Goff has to go against McVay, but the one thing that does worry about this is it seems like they are not trusting golf with the ball anymore. And they are just running the football with Dan Campbell and the Lions now. So I think they could slow it down and stay with in, you know, three scores like this number is, but I still feel like Stafford's going to have four touchdowns this game. You know, you got like, like what's that player prop going to be set at? You got to set it at three. Everybody, everybody's going to want to take that over in, in the Stafford revenge game. So there's that one. I thought about taking the Falcons, but I knew you'd yell at me, oh, so I couldn't no. do it. But the Falcons I just leave. <laughs> I doesn't, I, it just doesn't make sense to me too. Like, the Dolphins just played in London. I, I I had to forget that it's optional now for them to take the bye week. I'm like, how are the line, how are the Dolphins playing this week when they just were in London? So it's like that's a whole other mess versus the Falcons coming off of a bye week. And again, as my take is, is that Matt Ryan's getting more comfortable with the Arthur Smith system after a bye week should also have some more stuff. Calvin Ridley back, Russell Gage back, far better receivers than he's had. So I had a hard time leaving the Falcons off my list. Um and then I want to get your take on this one game that we haven't even touched on yet. Uh, Carolina at the New York Jets. Carolina laying three points. Can you really lay points with Sam Darnold on the road right now? That's, it's gross. But again, it's Daniel Jones at home, which is awful. Also um, bad. Yeah, really bad. I had this listed as a three-point game. Okay. That was right where it was. So it was a stay away from me. Miami, I also had as Miami plus three. So, I, I again, there was nothing juicy about either of those two games. Didn't want to touch it. Didn't want to touch the big lines. Uh, I would lean Arizona, and I would lean Detroit – or, I'm sorry, the Rams. How do the Rams not just freaking pole-wax the Lions this week? I mean, if you're Stafford, like, like holy crap. And, and McVay knowing everything about golf. Like, right. he's going to – they're going to put things in the locker rooms. Like – Anthony Lynn, by the way, coming back to LA, like I'm sure there'll be people that'll be, you know, some chargers faithful that'll, that'll probably, you know, poison, uh, put some, put some roofies in his drink or something. I don't know what he's going to do. I mean, that like, there is just that, that is a horrible matchup. Yeah. I talk about the Rams getting back to back weeks where they just get beautiful matchups. Yeah. It's, it's one of the lines I grabbed earlier this week. I did grab them at a, a 14. It's up to 16 now. So I, you know, I feel good about having it that number, you know, we're basically, again, like I said, we're approaching the area of having to cover three scores, which is, you know, a dangerous place to be. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I was happy to grab it to 14 because I just – who in that secondary in the Lions is going to stop this offense? Like, they are they are just 
airing the ball out left, right, and center. And if all that the uh, the Rams have to worry about defensively is like stopping the run, well, we've got Aaron Donald. I think we're going to be okay. I, I can see myself actually being on them by Sunday. Like it's just it's laughable. Like you're going to have to take it at the end of the day. Um, is that it for leans? Should we should go into the specials. Yep, that's it. Okay, beautiful. Here are the specials under the weather, and I mentioned it before. And this is another reason why I like the 49ers. This is going to be a freaking mess in Santa Clara on Sunday night. This is horrible. 56 degrees, 10 to 20 mile an hour, nice Santa Ana winds coming down the West Coast. One to two inches of rain during the day, almost an inch of rain at night. This is going to be an absolute slobber knocker slug fest. You got Quentin Nelson on one end and Mike McClinchy on the other. So you love seeing the fat guys moving people, uh, love seeing the run games. This is where Carson Wentz just absolutely flop, flop, flops like a fish, like absolutely flops like a fish. I hate him in this situation. Uh, a dome team, outdoors, cold wind, rain. Thank you very much. We'll take the under 44 with a ton of running, 49ers. Uh, I would say this game, I mean, to me, I, I got this game like 23-10, roughly, something like that, 49ers pull it out. Yeah, I like it. I mean, like I said, this is exactly where Carson – like Carson Wentz reminded us, it's like, all right, I do have a pulse, and I could beat one of the worst secondaries in all the, the league. Like the, the throws and most of his yards came on just absolutely blown coverages. Like they like – he hit uh, T.Y. Hill and, and Paris Campbell, again, both not playing this week, uh, on wide open throws on the field where there was nobody within yeah. 20 yards of either of those guys. So I just don't think you're going to get that against San Fran. I really don't think – again, I think that Shanahan's going to have – uh, that defense getting getting a little bit better, looking right. So I don't think he's going to have as good of a time against San Francisco as he did against Houston. They're not beating our guy, Jaquiski Tart, this week, baby. Hell Let's no. go. Uh, okay, it is time, ladies and gentlemen. Feast your eyes. Just make sure to keep both eyes open. Because last week we were inches, inches away from the money line part. Raiders took care of business. Patriots absolute punch of the gonads i mean it was terrible let's I, I can smell it i can sense it maddie is on the case he's looking very smart and sophisticated he is silicon valley he's an innovator he's going to give us the magic money line parlay this week this was a hard one because again the dogs it's like the dogs are either massive dogs or i just didn't even i, I feel like i didn't love them this week so i kind of digging deep having a hard time with this one but we're going to ride with the number two pick that I had for, for the for the best five, uh, Philadelphia against Las Vegas. I just think that this is again, again that Vegas can maybe come out a little bit flat. Philly can 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 win this game in the trenches um, and take away the deep ball threat of, of Derek Carr. So I will take Philly in this one as a short fave. And you mentioned it, Joey B going Let's in go. to Baltimore. We got to take the Bengals here, I think, because it's the only one that I could just I, I was able to talk myself into. Seeing it happen, again, I think the defense is going to shock not only the the, uh, the Ravens, but a lot of, you know, the general public and just not realizing how well this defense has been playing this season. So uh, they can maybe, you know, get to Lamar a little bit, contain him, not let him just go absolutely ham sandwich like he's been going for the past uh, few weeks. So give me the Bengals. Uh, that is going to be plus 230 for the Bengals, plus 130 for Philadelphia, giving you a nice plus 640 on the money line parlay. So one of the juicier ones that we've had. So I am uh man, fingers crossed. We, we're, we're due. You know, I mean, 
only dead. two, only two and four through six weeks. And I, I was looking back, I have hit, we've hit at least one leg every single week. We haven't gone over oh, uh, outside of last week. I apologize. No, two weeks ago. No, two weeks ago. That's two right. weeks ago when Bengals and 49ers, but that one was like when the Bengals ripped their heart out. I, didn't, oh. I, don't, I don't think I cared about the 49ers game later that day when they played Arizona. So, and uh, only one week we've gone over. And those were both one score games. So like, correct. In both of those. So we were, we were close. Uh, the problem is I don't hate it like at all. And I think that's the problem. And see, it's yeah, right. I was gross. thinking that I like it a little too much. I like, like it too much. Like if, if we swapped out Philly to like Miami, I'd feel a little bit like grosser. Oh, it. hey, but, you want to do it, Dan? Yeah, I'll do it for you. If you really, if you want me to put Miami in there, I'll do it right now. Did I make a suggestion by accident? Oh, shoot. Because I really like Philly. <laughs> That's, we're going to stick with Philly. I think, I think we're on the right side of Philly. I, again, it's, it's a pickup game. It might not go our way, but it's worth taking the bet. Okay. We'll do it. I might. Put that one in and a Miami Cincinnati one, and we'll ride with that. I'll put both in. Cover all your bases. Cover them all. Baby. Round robin it all over the place. Um, very good, Maddie. Very, very good. You want to recap your picks for us before we ask Lewis what the bet the narrative is? Yeah. So we got uh, Kansas City laying five and a half on the road at Tennessee. Uh, the Washington football team plus eight at Green Bay. Man, we got to get that bad man. We got to take him down. Got we got to break. We got to bring that bad man down one of these days. Tampa Bay minus 12 and a half uh, at home against Chicago, Philadelphia plus three on the road at Vegas and San Francisco at home hosting the uh, minus four hosting the Indianapolis Colts. Beautiful. And the magic money part my line probably, as we said, right. Uh, yes. Eagles and Bengals. Love Correct. that. Love that. Uh, mine number five is the San Francisco 49ers at minus four against the Colts. Uh, we like the Patriots minus seven to get right game against the Jets at home. We're riding with Matty Ice. We're taking down the bad man, Aaron Rodgers, even though he is my favorite for uh, for getting to the Super Bowl. Uh, Washington football team plus eight. Six and a half points you're getting with the Bengals. This is finally their time to snag it from the uh, from the Ravens. We're taking them. And then uh, head-to-head with Matty Ice plus five and a half, Tennessee at home against the Chiefs, the under-the-weather parlay, under parlay, the under-the-weather pick of the week, Indianapolis at San Francisco, under 44. Those are our picks. It is time. Drum roll, please. Lewis, what is the narrative telling us this week? What is what is the media-driven bet that we must take? So uh, I, I in the beginning of the show, I mentioned I was unprepared. But uh, as soon as I looked, one just came out. It smacked me right in the face. And I, uh, you both have it. It's the Tennessee Titans. Oh, so four and a half. I don't understand. I don't. They just beat the Bills, and the Bills beat the the Chiefs by eighteen the week before. Yeah, it's a big teaser for the future AFC Championship, the whole ordeal, everything like that. It just doesn't make sense how going into Tennessee they would not be the you know favorite in that matchup. That's why does that make me sick? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And you know what? I'm going to be honest with you, too. You're going to be sick with my other one. I, we, we won't count this one. But you really like the Raiders to lose to the Eagles in Las Vegas? I don't. Yeah, I know. You're we going to take the Raiders back to back weeks. Uh, no, see, I don't want to lock that one in because uh, Matt almost talked me out of Tennessee there. He made a real great case. And then Dan came in with the number one, and I said, nah, it's got to be the narrative. It must be. I wrote it down for a reason. 
and it's uh but uh, I, I just philly in in las vegas i don't i don't see that one rolling that way but yeah i have no narrative for that one so Look, if, if if South Philly travels out to Vegas, it's going to be a wild scene out there. I'll tell you what. Be throwing hoagies at the at the glass windows. I mean, goodness gracious. There's going to be steak, steak and cheese in the nightclubs. <laughs> I'm just smearing down the wall just real quick. Sorry, cheese steak, cheese steak. I apologize. Yeah, yeah. Be careful. Be careful with those South Philly people. They'll get you. Um, okay, bet the narrative. Lock it and load it. What? 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 I will mention this. The Jets do have one win on the season. Oh, my goodness. And who did they beat? The Tennessee Titans. Maybe not that good. Could be the trap <laughs> game of the week. Could be real close. We'll see, though. I still I do like the Titans to win them. They're, hey, they're who's, so, yeah. whose side are you on? <laughs> Come on. Okay. You asked me the narrative. I got to find between the lines, my friend. I got to read, feel like, oh, feel it out. You know. Boy, oh boy, that was a, that was like a going into a crystal ball there. <laughs> like it went in a hurricane. Uh, beautiful, guys. Beautiful. Uh, next week is Halloween weekend. So spooky bets. Uh, the theme, obviously, is how scary are we going to get? How ugly are we going to get next week? I'm excited. Depending on how this week goes, I think. Right, Matt? Ooh. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> it could be. Ugly. I mean, if, if, so if we have another week where favorites dominate, we got to just take the ugliest of every dog. Like we just have to take every single one. Yeah, there's no doubt. It's, uh, goblins and ghouls. That's that's what it'll be on on uh, on next next Sunday cards episode. Ladies and gentlemen, we thank you so much for listening to Sunday Card. You can listen to us every week on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and on Sports Country Radio, sportscountry.net. You can listen to us at 11 a.m., 3 p.m., and 5 p.m. on Saturdays and again at 11.30 a.m. on Sundays. Get your picks, get your picks, get your picks, and follow us on Twitter at Sunday Card for the picks every single week. Uh, you can get them after you listen to the podcast. Make sure you understand why we're giving out these picks. For Matty Ice, Matty C, Matt Silver, and for our esteemed producer, Lemon Pepper, Lou Paracone, I am Dan Zampano. We wish you good tidings and a good Sunday. Thank you for listening to the Sunday Card.